0: Fellas, what's going on, man? Yo, what's good, bro? How what's you living? Good, what's good? How are y'all doing today is the question. Man, amazing, man, I'm bro. Black and blessed. Okay, okay. That's I'm excited amazing. because you know what this episode is, right? What is it? And this is our Halloween episode, what? fellas. What, what, what? Oh,
1: that's perfect. Because this legend, whoo! It's a scary one, guys. From Discovery Plus. Man, you know what it is and you know who it is. This is Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers. I'm
0: Daylon Spratt. I am the Marcus Harvey. And I'm Jawan Mass. And if you have not seen our hit show, we're Paranormal Investigators. Mm And I mean, we love the history, we love the investigating, and we also, we love getting scared. And on this podcast, we'll look at some of the most infamous creepy tales. I mean, like, where'd they come from? And we'll investigate them, talk to experts, and maybe even channel some spirits.
1: We're going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend that's been haunting, literally, probably my dream since I was a child. Say word. The Candyman. Y'all heard of Candyman? What you mean, like, from the movie Candyman? Candyman. Candyman. Well, Candyman. Here he go. Here you go your go. yo fellas listen that was one of the most terrifying urban legends for me as a child growing up in the chicago area to be honest man candy man was like this this notorious legend you know if you go in a bathroom you say his name five times in a mirror he's gonna appear with a hook for a hand and then kill you like he was a slayer he'd come through slashing uh, I honestly feared going in dark bathrooms by myself. Granted, you probably could just turn the lights on. But, you know, like you're a child, bro. That whole urban legend just creeped me out. And just because of how close and proximity this legend was, like it was just a short drive away to the Cabrini Green projects. But, fellas, there is a actual backstory to this creepy urban legend. The story goes that in the 1800s, the Candyman was the son of a slave. He grew up to become a famous painter, and he would do portraits for rich white families. But listen, one day, the man fell in love with one of the family's daughters. Damn. You know that's where you mess up, right? That's where you slip that's up. That's where he slipped up. Can't you can't mix your business, business with, with your pleasure. Man, yeah. You know the rules. Yeah. Well, you know the consequences. Mm. That father didn't take well to that, and you know what he did? He put a hit out on him. Bro, he sent the mob after him. They caught him. They lynched him. They tortured him, man, and they cut off his right hand. Then they would smear honey to attract bees. And then he was then stung by all these bees. And obviously he died from all this torture. They say he died on the land that later became the Cabrini Green Housing Projects in this northwest area of Chicago, not far from downtown. And now they say, well, not now because the area is gentrified, but, (laughs) you know, but they do say that anybody that was living in their housing projects, Candyman would haunt them. And, bro, I when I tell you, I probably grew up about 30 minutes from Cabrini Greens. Mm. Candyman could be lurking in the dark for you. You never know. Have y'all ever tried the game Candyman as a kid?
0: Man, yes. Man, as soon as that movie When that movie dropped, he was like, let's try it. Yeah, man, let me see if this is real, man. Y'all done had Bloody Mary all them years. It's time for some affirmative action, man. Where's Candyman? (laughs) Where's the man of candy? Where's the black man that comes from the window? (laughs) Nah, but as soon as that movie came out, it was was so creepy. Because, like you said, it's something that you can kind of relate to. And you're like, man, this might be like... Something that might can happen in my house. Like, you know what I'm saying? Man. But, I mean, just for a man to be tortured like that, you could tell that there would be a lot of, like, negative energy even on that land. I mean, it's an it's a urban legend. I'm trying to see if this is really real. So, I, I'm definitely ready to jump into this podcast,
1: bro. Before we get into more of the Candyman, we need to do one of our favorite parts of the show, fellas. It's the scary stories from our listeners. In this episode we're going to hear from Denae Dominic. She called on a spirit that I didn't even know about, but it's similar to Candyman and Bloody Mary. Well, she and her friends decided to call on a spirit and some stuff went down. Listen to this.
2: This is what happened. A group of us were at church on Sunday. And at the time, before they did major construction, they had this room that they called the church library. A bunch of us went into this room, And someone gets the right idea to call on a spirit. We call on a spirit by the name of Calhoun. And this is similar to like Bloody Mary or the Candyman. All together, we say the name Calhoun three times. The room was pitch black. And so we're all sitting there. And then all of a sudden, like we're all looking straight ahead. In the corner on the right hand side, you see like these colors. This spirit forms and you see like the outline of a man, right? And these colors appearing kind of like a mist or a fog or, um, you know, when you see shadow people, boom, I took off running. I'm not playing with y'all. Okay. It was there. It appeared in front of us. And that's my story.
1: Wow, though, Denae, that story was definitely one for the books. And uh, saying it in church, (laughs) that's a whole nother level. First off,
0: let me just say Calhoun. Let's just talk about Calhoun.
1: Yeah, would y'all want to be that type of spirit
0: where they called your name five times? You had to show up. Yeah. Do you get tired? It depends on like what the purpose of them calling your name is, like what they're expecting you to do. I'm asking. Some of them them are expecting you just to show up in a mirror, right? Right. Mm -hmm. That's very easy. That's just an appearance, right? Mm -hmm. Some are actually asking for you to perform. Yeah. Right. Kill somebody in our group. Right. Scratch somebody. somebody. Yeah. That's too
1: much. I didn't, that's not in my contract. But that's why they got to call your name a lot more times. But I feel like everybody else has
0: cool names like Bloody Mary,
1: Candyman. Yours did Marcus. I got to be like, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus. All right, Dalen. I got to cut you off, bro. Hold on. I got something to say. Yo, to our listeners. We're always looking to hear your scary stories. If you have a creepy experience with an urban legend, email us a voice memo at storiesfortheghostbrothers at gmail.com. That's storiesfortheghostbrothers at gmail.com. Hey, and maybe you'll hear yours on the show. All right, next up, we'll talk about the real true-life murder that might have inspired the story of Candyman. Stay tuned.
0: All right. So, Jawad, I know you first got into the Candyman after you saw the movie, but do you know what the story is truly based on?
1: Man, nah, I don't really have all of it, bro. Let me know. You got it? I do. I do.
0: So the movie comes from a Clive Barker story called The Forbidden. Mm. You see, it's about a young university student Mm -hmm. who was studying graffiti. And she keeps coming up on this street art that says something about the candy man. Mm-hmm. So she starts asking people questions. And they say he's responsible for murders in the neighborhood. But then she meets the man himself.
1: Okay. Okay. Bro, you educating me. But, you know, like, the movie is super similar. Helen, this college student. Mm-hmm. And she... Here's the legend that you say Candyman in the mirror and he comes out and kills you. Mm -hmm. He's the ghost or spirit of this man who was mutilated and killed. And he's behind all those crimes in like the haunted projects of uh, Cabrini-Greens in Chicago. It's crazy.
0: But Helen is kind of looking at it from an anthropological perspective. Like, oh, this story of the Candyman was created in these neighborhoods as like a form of protection as a way to stay, you know, with your guard up or alerted. But then, dun-dun-dun, mm-hmm. she finds out that it's real and someone was killed by the Candyman. Her name was Ruthie. Mm-hmm. Then Helen is attacked by the Candyman? What is even crazier is that there was a real-life Ruthie. So it turns out that Joanna's is right Duh. (laughs) What'd you find out? So, yo, I found this article from the Chicago Reader back in 87. The title is, They Came In Through the Bathroom Mirror. It says, Ruthie Mae McCoy was the type who talked to herself and cussed out strangers, you know, on the street. Like, she was just like this wild lady, you know, (laughs) you know, the day of the Geechee is over, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that type of woman, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And it said that one day she called 911 to report that someone was coming through the medicine cabinet of her Abbott Holmes apartment. She might have been hallucinating. But she wasn't. Whoa. (laughs) So this woman, Ruthie Mae McCoy, she has never been taken serious by anybody. She had some mental health issues, of course. She was paranoid and had been hospitalized before in a psych ward. Okay, so she lived in this high-rise public housing building called ABLA and probably saw all kinds of strange stuff going on there. And so one day she calls the cops to say someone's trying to come in through her apartment, right? Through the medicine cabinet.
1: So did the cops do anything? Because that's strange. Well, the the cops decided to go over there
0: because they were getting a bunch of calls, like, just like that. You know, someone else's calls about shots fired. So they send over some officers to check out what's going on over there. But it's quiet. Nothing is going on on her floor, you know? She doesn't answer the door, and her neighbors say she always answers the door. The guy at the front, he doesn't have, like, an extra key or nothing. So they leave, right? Right. The next day, a neighbor says Ruthie always comes by to say, like, hi. And she didn't this time and felt strange to her. So she calls the cops. She still doesn't answer. Right. Another day goes by and finally they find a spare key and a person from the building opens it up. And there she is. And this is what it says in the paper. And I quote. They found McCoy in the bedroom lying on her side in a pool of blood. A hand over her chest, one shoe on and one off. Papers, magazines, and coins were thrown around her on the floor. When police later returned, the faint smell of rotting flesh rose through the apartment. And that's end quote. Whoa. Hmm.
1: It says she was shot about four times. So of the big questions
0: surrounding Ruthie's death was, why did not anyone break the door down? Absolutely. And the cops said, well, so many calls from the neighborhood turned out to be a hoax, right? So they didn't even interview the neighbors, security guards, nothing. Nothing. I'm sure the Candyman legend grew out of this fear, like it had to, yeah. like of not being safe in your own home because this wasn't the only time people broke in through medicine cabinets.
1: Wait, that actually reminds me. Did y'all see the, uh, the TikTok? Wait, what? what? Okay, all right. So there was a woman named Samantha in New York who went viral a while back for discovering a very Candyman-esque situation. So it all starts when she realizes there's a weird cold air coming into her bathroom. Like, no matter how much she turns up the heat, it's freezing in her bathroom. She feels it's coming out of a hole. Clip one, check this out fellas.
2: So I feel here and there's cold air coming through this hole. So I tape it up, I tape it up. I don't know why there's cold air coming through here but we're not having it. I stand here and look, look at that. You can see my hair blowing in the cold wind. So I start searching, I start searching, right? Okay, there's a a vent up there, nothing's coming out. There's there's a little bit of air coming out of this light switch but there's not enough air. To blow this hard on me, you can't see it now. Look at it. They blow in. So start feeling. And the air is coming from the mirror.
1: She found out the mirror moves. Wait, the mirror moves? Bro, that's a cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Man, almost left you hanging. She pulls the mirror off and she looks behind and there's like a room. An actual room, fellas. Like behind the bathroom mirror. We have a clip.
2: I have to go in and figure out. What is on the other side of my bathroom? Like, what if someone's living in there?
0: I would not go in. Look, how do you know if you're ever going to come back after you come up in there?
1: Seriously, like, does she survive? She climbs in. She has a flashlight taped to her head, kind of like a headlamp. Come on. You got, got to, to be smart about it. You got to be, got be smart. Got and be she brings a hammer. So now she got the light and a hammer. Ooh. She needs protection. Somebody going to get knocked out. Somebody she, getting their ass whooped. And it's not just a room. It's like a whole apartment. A whole apartment like, like you can look into like her apartment?
0: <laughs> yes, a whole apartment. <laughs> hey, man, look, bro. I mean, New York City is expensive. I might have just expanded, you know, but just be like, <laughs> hey, spirits. Let's have uh, some cash. You got to pay some rent or something, bro. You can't just be living inside my wall for free. For rent free? That's a whole other area. Listen, it's
1: electricity Come being on used. Yep. They
0: charging me for that. Come you on,
1: baby. I'm Come like, on, baby. I can't be out here just picking up after you. Look, I mean, baby, look, baby, if you don't chip in, I might not be able to stay here no more, baby. I mean, it was possible that someone was living there because there was trash. I mean, like beer cans. They were just having a good old time.
0: People were there. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. People were there. <laughs> so, hey, guys, man. Sorry to stop the show, but we need to take. A quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. Because when we get back, Jawan has a special guest to talk about the haunted spots of Chicago. Ooh, that sounds good, baby.
1: All right, back to the show. So being that Candyman is a homegrown urban legend, you know there's the the scary haunted side of Chicago. So I'm really excited for this episode because this guest knows all about Chicago hauntings. Please let me welcome Ursula Bielski. How you doing, Ursula? I am so great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure, it's a pleasure. So really quickly, are you from Chicago?
3: I am from Chicago. I still live on the north side about, uh, I live around Irving Park and Western.
1: Yeah a little bit west of Wrigley Field. I know. Got you. Yeah. I grew up uh I grew up in the western suburbs. So, that's amazing. Okay. So, it's good. Now we both have this uh personal connection to the city. This should be interesting. You probably can put me up on game on some new haunted locations or some old ones. But today we're actually talking about the story of Candyman. It took place in, as you may know, the Cabrini Green housing projects. And I was just really curious, like, what do you know about the paranormal activity in that housing projects? And what do you know about Candyman himself?
3: Yeah, well, the Candyman story is really interesting. Uh, As you may know, we we did the ghost tours in Chicago for 19 years because of COVID. I handed them over to somebody else. Yeah, But that was a big stop on our tours every night with our tour bus. Um, going through the Cabrini neighborhood where, where where Cabrini was still there. And I know the is now still go through it and stop there. That church, that for people who have seen the new Candyman movie, mm-hmm. that church towards the end of the film is still there. It's you know, kind of this lone building and this open field that's still there now, surrounded by all these new developments.
1: You're talking about the white one that's kind of like standing isolated.
3: Yeah, just yeah. that old church. And that goes back to around the turn of the 19th century. It's a really, really old building. Okay. But that neighborhood used to be a, you know, a German-American neighborhood when the neighborhood was first settled. In fact, St. Michael's Church, which is right nearby there, survived the Great Chicago Fire. Well, it didn't really survive it. It was kind of destroyed in the fire and rebuilt. But that church is still there. So it's a really old neighborhood, just kind of on the edge of Lincoln Park, which is one of the most haunted neighborhoods in Chicago. So, you know, it's just a really great place for this all to be set. The story of Candyman takes place in this area, and there's a lot of interesting stuff about the story that's connected to Chicago. One of the things is that one of the people who's often talked about as behind the original Bloody Mary legend Mm -hmm. that Candyman is based on supposedly lived and was murdered just north of Chicago, in Gurnee, where Six Flags is. Correct, today. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, towards Kenosha. Kenosha, yeah.
1: that's it, yep.
3: Supposedly, in the late 19th century, after the Civil War, there was a woman that lived up in Gurnee named Mary Worth, and she was known to be a witch, and it was discovered that she was capturing freed slaves that had come north, and was chaining them up in her house and in her barn and forcing them to work for her. And when the locals found out what Mary was doing, they came to her property and chained her up in her barn, freed all of the slaves that she had chained up, and burned the barn down with her inside. And her body was allegedly buried at a little cemetery nearby there in Wadsworth called Old St. Patrick's. And this has become known as the site where literally i mean i've talked to local police this is a place where a lot of ritual activity occurs in the woods behind the cemetery where people come and conduct rituals there because mary worth was buried there and i have gotten so many contacts over the many years that i've been doing this stuff in chicago from people that have gone to that cemetery and have done the bloody mary thing Mm. in the cemetery and claim that this apparition came out and scratched their faces to the point where they were bleeding. And they sent me photos and stuff over the years about this.
1: Have you had any encounters or anybody sharing stories about the legend Candyman and having any uh, activity surrounding that?
3: Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because um, I've been lecturing in Chicago and, and doing paranormal investigation in Chicago for just about 35 years now. And a lot of, of course, a lot of what I do is go and, you know, tell ghost stories to school kids And when I started going into the libraries around, you know, the near west side, around Cabrini Green, near north side, near west side, the kids would tell me stories about how Candyman really is... Haunting and, and killing people at Cabrini Green. Really? So it was like, you know, the art, Im, you know, life imitating art. Like these kids had come to believe that Candyman was a real part of their life at Cabrini Green and in other projects around that area.
1: I had heard of the legend when I grew up uh, and it was one of those things that <laughs> that I couldn't even like I, I thought it wasn't fictional. I thought Candyman was a real person who was going to show up if you did this experiment yeah. in the mirror.
3: Well, yeah, there were so many real things that happened in Chicago that contributed, I think, to letting people coming to believe that Candyman was real. And I think a big one of them was, you know, just in in the late 1980s, there was a real murder that happened at a housing project, okay. uh, not in Cabrini Green, but on the near west side. But Ruthie, um, who was the young woman who appeared in the, um, you know, from the beginning of the Candyman films. Uh, was a real person. Uh, I mean, the the story in Candyman is not the real thing, but her name comes from a real murder that happened uh, in another housing project in Chicago near the University of Illinois that happened in 1987 when, in fact, the killers of Ruthie Mae came in through the medicine cabinet in her apartment.
1: Yeah, Ursula, we, we actually just talked about this story I mean, it said that someone came in through the medicine cabinet and killed her. then the story says the cops didn't even try to save her. Unfortunately, that like her dead body was found in her apartment. It's just so wild and unfortunate.
3: Yeah, this is really interesting to me because my dad was a a cop in Chicago. And the last district that he was stationed in was the Maxwell Street District, which is at the University of Illinois neighborhood, which was where this was uh, this had happened. And he had told me, even though he had been retired for many years at that time, you know, he was still in touch with um, the guys at the district. And we would often go and visit there when I was a kid um, and talk to his uh, old buddies on the police department. And um, in that district where Ruthie May lived for years, that had been happening mm-hmm. where there were there hadn't been murders, but there had been a lot of burglaries that had happened from the perpetrators coming in by removing the medicine chest um, from the walls, because if people have seen the Candyman movie, the original one where Virginia Madsen's character takes the medicine chest you know, off the wall in her own apartment in right. Sandberg Village, um, that's the way it was. I mean it wasn't that close, but there was about there were like two or three feet between one apartment and the next where there was just the pipes. Yeah. Um, between one bathroom and the next. So it was was very easy to take out the medicine chest with a few, you know, removing a
1: few screws. One last question for you. Are you familiar with any other just random urban legends that may exist in Chicago? Um, about any mysterious creatures?
3: Yeah, well, you know, the other thing that I just wanted to mention too that I think really went into the um, the background of the Candyman story and, and, let, and led so many people to really believe that that story was true was the Tylenol murders that happened in the 1980s. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are younger and aren't familiar with this but you know the reason we have like all these seals on all of our food and vitamins and medicine and everything that you can't get into anymore is because of the Tylenol murders that happened in Chicago in the 1980s where some mysterious murderer we still don't know who he is, um, police have never found out who he is or she just went to various drug stores in Chicago and around the Chicago area and poisoned bottles of Tylenol. And that led to this terror of, you know, taking any kind of medicine or even eating food that wasn't sealed. But one of the victims of the Tylenol murders uh, was a flight attendant who lives in the Old Town neighborhood of Chicago. She had had a terrible headache, and she went over to the Walgreens at North Avenue and uh, Wells in Old Town, mm-hmm. um, still on the corner there, and had gotten some Tylenol, and it was she ended up being one of the victims of this murder. You know, and that's all, the, the Tylenol murders, that's all tied in with all the, the trick-or-treating, with the razor blades and all of that stuff. That was all going on at the same time. So that was all wrapped up together with the Candyman story as well. And again, that, you know, one of those murders happened just literally a few blocks from Cabrini Green in Old Town. So, yeah, a lot of urban legends in Chicago. We love our ghost stories. Definitely.
1: Can I ask you a question? Have you ever have you ever attempted the experiment of Candyman? (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, it's so funny, you know, for all those years that we did the bus tours in Chicago, the ghost tours, every night when we would go by that site, and we we'd stop the bus there uh, in Cabrini Green. And I would, uh, a lot of people on the bus hadn't heard the story of Candyman and you've seen the film. So I would tell them about how you call forth Candyman by saying his name. And then I would say, well, let's try it. Candyman. Candyman. Candyman, and I'd say it four times always, and I never say the fifth one. And I've never said I've never said it five times to this day, and I won't.
1: You say you'd you'd play with it though, like you dance around that line. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, of, of course. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely say Chicago is one of the most haunted places uh, for sure, uh, but one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Of um, but thank you so much, Ursula. I appreciate you shedding light on uh, oh, Candyman. Thank you. And some of your uh, other stories. Uh, That was enlightening, for sure.
3: Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All the best to
1: you. Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers is a Discovery Plus podcast. From Discovery Plus, our executive producer is Marissa Lucy. Our show is produced by Neon Hum Media. At Neon Hum, our executive producer is Jonathan Hirsch. Our lead producer is Joanna Clay. Our associate producers are Chloe Chobel and Evan Jacoby. Our production manager is Samantha Allison. Editorial support from Nick White. Music by Asha Ivanovich. Concept by Odelia Rubin and Shara Morris. Hansdale Sue and Josh Hahn engineered this episode. Okay, guys, listen. A lot of you have been hurting and crying
0: at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've had a good time listening to this podcast. Urban Legends. Amen, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Thank you so very much for joining the Brothers. Preach. Jawan Mass. Yes. The paranormal poppy. Mm. Sprat mm. Spratt. That's me. The bad boy of the paranormal. Mm. Say Say can't me. <laughs> the Marcus Harvey, the pastor of this here church.
1: Preach, Reverend.
0: All right, y'all. Check us out next time. We holler at you.
1: Hey, guys. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to send us your scary stories. Okay. Scare you next week.